This program is brought to you by thepodcastfactory.com. You are listening to Copy Chief Radio. Welcome back, boys and girls. Here is your host, Mr. Kevin Rogers. What's up, Jonathan? Good to be back. And um, please try not to talk so much this time. In this episode, you've been really like crowd the mic. I, I noticed, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> scale back. Okay, <laughs> I keep getting letters. Too much, Jonathan. I've heard that uh, before. <laughs> I kid. Um, but uh, so this is gonna be a lot of fun. Last week we talked to Abby Woodcock. Uh, that was a great episode, man. It really answering a lot of questions people have about you know how to go about hiring a copywriter. That was super useful. I could see a part two to that coming up quick. But uh, we've got Abby back, and she's joined by Casey Bainey, um, who happens to uh, live with her. Uh, but that's none of my business. What <laughs> What's more important is that Casey is uh, – I've met uh, Casey. He's a, he's a really impressive guy, really cool guy to hang out with. But he is a systems specialist. I'll, I'll let him give us his sort of more official resume. But uh, Casey – uh, is is the kind of guy you always want on your team. I can tell you that after meeting him and getting to know him. And uh, he's very much on Abby's team. And he is together. They've worked out a process for how to be more productive and sort of project manage these copy jobs, which I got to tell you, Jonathan, is a huge issue for copywriters because so many of us get into it just for the love of, of the craft, for the writing. And all we want is to someone to hire us. And, you know, then it's a, suddenly that, that happens. And we're sitting there going, uh, now what? Oh, I actually have to have a process here and meet deadlines and, uh, and, you know, do all these things. And we learn by trial and error, and it can be career damaging if you don't have a process for how to actually manage your copy projects. So, I'm excited to welcome Abby and Casey on to sort of school us on what they've discovered uh, has been real business changing for them. So welcome, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Excited to be on. Yeah. Good to have you. So, Casey, um, everybody knows Abby pretty well here now. <laughs> so uh, and Abby, is, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, uh, you know, a top level copywriter. And Casey, give us some background on you and what makes you so great at creating these systems. Sure, sure. Brief snapshot. First, thanks for having me on. Excited for the first time yeah. to be on your show. Uh, so, a brief snapshot. Uh, Ten years in the Army. Uh, I've done the fire service, uh, disaster response, dealing with large and complex incidents. Um, so, both on that end and on the uh, on the business entrepreneurial side, uh, kind of merging those skills of taking large, complex problems and breaking them down into manageable pieces that you can address to achieve some type of goal. Uh, that you set for yourself. Uh, I've been doing that for, geez, more years than I'm going to admit to on this program. How's that? <laughs> I love it. So I want to I want to give a little little more dramatic context to what you do. Um, let's talk about Team Rubicon, something you guys are both very active, actively involved in. It's an amazing organization. I'd rather you describe it than me, though, Casey. Yeah, sure. So Team Rubicon has been around for about six years. It was founded in uh, 2010 by a a couple of Marines who had the insane idea that they could go out and help the world, um, uh, victims of disaster around the world. They shot down to Haiti on an impromptu mission, 
uh, did some amazing work down there, came back with an idea that uh, we can we can make this into something. Fast forward six years down the road, um, we're sitting a little over 35,000 members. Um, we've done 31 operations just this year, um, a little over 140, 150 uh, in the past several years all around the world. Um, so we go into in that initial, right after the disaster hits, that first 24 hours or so, we try to have boots on the ground to fill that to bridge that gap in between when the local municipalities are overwhelmed um, with dealing with, with the situation and before the large uh, long-term recovery groups like the FEMAs and the Red Crosses are able to set up their infrastructure. So that 24-hour that, that to one-month window right in the beginning is when we really focus our efforts. Um, and just in the last year, to give you an idea, we've had just over $1.4 million in cost savings returned to the municipalities. Um, through FEMA reimbursements um, from the work that we've done in those 30 operations that we've done this year. Wow, that's incredible. So not only restoring order, saving lives, but restoring money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and bringing the, the returning military vets back, right? It's giving yes. them that the mission again, you know, uniting their skills with first responders and such. It's it's really exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, I, yeah, it's as everybody knows, it's very difficult for returning military personnel to sort of deal with. Uh, well, they've got all kinds of uh, things to deal with from being in war. But one of them is the sort of slow pace of life here in the civilian world. And Team Rubicon gives them an opportunity to use the skills they've developed that are rare, unique, special skills and really go do some good with it. So it's rewarding for, for all parties. Fantastic organization. And I quickly want to give a proper shout. Uh, you guys work on donations. How does somebody support Team Rubicon? Good. So it'll be uh, teamrubiconusa.org. Uh, they can donate through there. Uh, and there's all kinds of opportunities on, on where you want those donations to go. Uh, and it's uh, we they calculated it. For every dollar that's donated, we give $7 back to the community. Wow. So. Fantastic. So if you want to know your money's going to a good place that really, uh, you know, it directly uh, affects people's lives when they need it most, TeamRubiconUSA.org. And Abby is a chainsaw instructor yeah. Yeah. and leader there at Team Rubicon, which I, I love. Talk about a cool uh, personal hook. So, uh, but today we're going to talk about, you know, productivity and project management. Man, so many little sticking points and I learned them all the hard way because I'll be the first to admit project management is not my number one skill. I've had to develop what I have developed about it over time. But uh, uh, there was a, a lot of unnecessary foot tapping <laughs> from yep. clients in the early days just because I wasn't being proactive enough. So uh, whichever one of you guys want to sort of take up the lead here and tell us, you know, what kind of problems you were seeing and some of the first steps you took to, to solve them. Yeah, I'll start and then I'll let Casey, you know, tell his side of it. But yeah, I was in the same position that you were talking about. The writing, you know, I was doing great and the clients were always really happy with the writing. But, you know, things like deadlines and progress reports and invoicing and, you know, being a copywriter is one skill and being a business owner is another. And uh, turns out I wasn't doing so great at the ladder. So uh, <laughs> it happened to be that 
Casey at the same time uh, was moving and uh, switching positions and kind of was watching me struggle and was like, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> looks like you need some help here. So, Yeah, so there was one pivotal, pivotal moment in, in our time together in the early days with this business where, you know, it was late at night. She's got her hood pulled up over her head, her sweatshirt. She's whacking away at the keyboard at like midnight, one o'clock, trying to get a deliverable out that was due that day. And, and I was like, I think we can make this a little bit better for you because right now you went into this line of work because you love it, right? You love to write. Right now, I don't think you love anything in this world at this very moment. You just <laughs> so if we create some, you know, the systems that you can enjoy what you're doing while at the same time growing the business, I think we uh, we might be on to something. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to you, it's just a real obvious thing because, like you said, you're you're a systems thinker. It is it is your specialty to show up and, you know, create order where there isn't any. And so what, what were you seeing uh, that what were the most obvious things that Abby and a lot of us copywriters should have could have been doing that she wasn't? Yeah, sure. It's a great question. It's probably consistent across a lot of freelance, uh, you know, folks out there where they get so focused on, on what they love, right? The writing, the copy, or whatever it is, that one piece that they went into business to do. Yeah. And then you don't see all the other back-end stuff involved in, in not only running it efficiently, but being able to scale it and grow it uh, to whatever goals that you've set for yourself and your company. So, you know, silly little things like, you know, following up with clients, not going, uh, <laughs> or not having client inquiries just kind of sit for too long. <laughs> Um, which I know is is probably a consistent problem for a lot of folks. Um, and, you know, the, the professional forward-facing piece of your business, right? Even with online businesses, you need to have that probably more so perhaps in a brick and mortar, right? You need to have that that right up front professional look for your, for your clients because there's so many people out there doing the same thing and it's so high, mm -hmm. right? Um, so how do you do that? You start at the very beginning and you start developing those systems to automate as much as you can to reach out to clients and not let them feel like they fell into a black hole after they paid your invoice and it's a three-week project and they don't hear from you until, you know, week two, day five, right? Those kind of things. Uh, yeah. Pretty yeah. simple. Yeah, it's simple, simple in theory. But <laughs> like you said, especially for creatives, we, we, we're in our mind, here, here's a very common scenario that would happen with me um, was... Uh, and I, I finally came to really sort of empathize with what the, the, the client was going through, because imagine you're this client and we talked about in the last episode, uh, about all the anxieties around hiring a copywriter. And so you get past those, you have this great call with this copywriter, you feel this bond, you decide to formalize the relationship, you make your payment. And now there's a series of two to three phone calls where, you're going really deep together and this person has so many questions and they're excited about your answers, right? It's their job to get really excited about what you do, who you are, what you're, what you're selling, how you affect people's lives. They want to talk to your best customers. Like it's a love affair. If you're dating, you're thinking, I, I just met the greatest person. Like you, you're telling your other friends about him. Oh, why you look happy today, Janet? Well, I just got off the phone with my copywriter, and oh my goodness, he's so interested in everything I'm doing, and I just feel energized, right? And so you're literally having like this this emotional 
chemical uh, sort of love affair. And now the writer in us, from our end, we're feeling all that too. But then we know, okay, now it's time for me to go into my dark cave <laughs> and take all this information and turn it into a great uh, piece of copy. And we don't think at all about talking anymore to anybody at that point. We just want to be left alone to do our work. And then think about this client who has no idea how this process works, even though you you, you mentioned, hey, I'm going to go off and write now and I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks when I've got a first draft for us to review. Uh, they're out and all of a sudden, all this beautiful attention they had, they're not hearing anything anymore, right? And so they're at coffee again the next week and they're like, so uh, how's it going with your copywriter? <laughs> and they're like, uh, they're like uh, you know, I actually haven't heard from them. What do you mean you haven't heard? That's weird. You guys were like in love. They're like, uh, well, no, I'm sure it's fine. But yeah, is it weird that I haven't heard from them? <laughs> right. And then so that's when, you know, you, you come out of your little cave to check your email and you got this sort of like strangely urgent worried email from the person that feels to you like a lot of foot tapping, like, Hey, just check it in. How's it going? And you're like, what do you mean? How's it going? I told you I'm like in my cave creating magic over here. I can't be bothered. Right. <laughs> and so all it, <laughs> and so I totally get it from both sides, but all it takes to avoid any confusion or anxiety is like you said, Casey, like just setting up some check-ins, some really simple, Hey, Nice. Here's a Monday check in and here's what we're up to. And, and just so you know, I'm still thinking of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, do you want that that one night stand or do you want the long term relationship kind of thing? Right. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, to build on what you were saying. There. And, you you know, even if you're a copywriter or freelancer out there working all by yourself and you're not, you know, you don't have anybody else on staff to help you out. There's so many ways that you can go. To, to help you automate those things, you know, by building out some email templates and put setting simple email reminders, you know, every week to send a status report or every four or five days to check in with a client on something, you know, it, it's so simple to do. It sounds so simple to do because it really is. You just have to take a couple of moments to do it. Yeah. That's the thing is we, we just don't do that. All right. So let's talk about what you guys created, because again, you, you wrote this article, and uh, Abby, talk about the, the, the response to this article, because I was one of the people who read it and got pretty excited as well. Yeah, it was really unexpected. I was thinking about writing something like this. And then uh, me and Casey were having a conversation and I said, hey, you want to put something up on my blog? And so he wrote a little guest post about some of the systems that we have put in place. And it was crazy. I haven't had any response to anything on my blog. It's mostly copywriting tips. And uh, I'd had good response and I have a good list and, you know, engaged readers. But it was like, please make a product out of this. Please you give me money and teach me how to do this. Please. <laughs> and I was just like, what the heck? It was like, it was just email after email was coming in. Like I needed this so bad and, and follow up questions on some of the, you know, it was kind of an overview you know, what specifically are you using to do this? And how are you doing that? And that's exactly what my problem is. And I was like, wow, this is what they talk about when they say that when you hit on something that <laughs> the market really responds. Yeah. Struck a nerve. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and now, and that's exactly what I did. I, I read it and it was perfect timing for me too, because I just hired a project manager uh, Tim, and already it's changed my life. I feel so much more in control because I just realized 
I don't want to be the one. I, I, I tried so many different ways to perfect my system, right? And I kept making some of the same mistakes over and over. And I thought, time to just hand this off to somebody. Uh, it helped me help me create the perfect system that I can actually work in. Uh, and so that's what you guys are doing. But it's I don't think it's it's not a product yet. You guys aren't just rushing to you know pump something out there, but you. If if there is an answer, uh, or at least what's what, some of the first steps we can take just to end some of this anxiety? Yeah. So the first thing that we did, and we actually you know put together a graphic on this uh, for personal use, and then we're like, hey, we'll just jazz it up and, and share it. But uh, on our what our workflow is, like, what does it take from the time I get an email, like say somebody refers me and says, Hey, this is Abby. Uh, you know, this is Joe marketer. He's got a, uh, a, an interesting product. I think you two should connect. So from that moment to the end of the project, what, what does it look like? And we talk a lot about as copywriters, obviously writing the copy is a really a small part of a huge workflow, which mm-hmm. includes, you know, getting on a call with them and invoicing and copywriting agreements and just this, it, it ends up being 17 steps with actually writing the copy being step 13 of 17. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wow. how we started was just mapping out. And I think, uh, you've seen the, the graphic that I'm talking about. I think it's pretty consistent across the board for copywriters to follow a really similar mm-hmm. process, what we're doing. So. Yeah. And it's, it, that's just really eye opening. It puts it in perspective what you said, you know, uh, step 13 of 17 is, hey, write the copy, <laughs> which is so often all we're focused on. And there's four phases, the pre-work phase, admin phase, creative phase, post-work phase. And I think that's a really smart breakdown, too. Uh, so just quickly reading through some of these, it's, it's eye opening again, just even like in the pre-work phase. I, there is a step in here that I think it skips way too often it could really make the difference between whether you end up working with your with your client or not and it's number three so you have respond to email query or intro like you said abby then you schedule a prospect call uh and then there is the step preliminary prospect research and i think that gets overlooked a lot you know uh, especially as you go later in life you just say well let me get on the call and ask a few questions and i'll, I'll catch up just take 10, 15 minutes to, uh, you know, sort of Google this person or if they gave you any links or ask for links. Hey, what are two or three uh, pages I need to be looking at so I can get caught up with what you're up to or what you've done? Right. Uh, makes a huge difference when you actually get on that call because copywriters naturally are in sort of critique assessment brainstorm mode. And you'll undoubtedly bring a lot of valuable ideas to the call if you just make sure to take that step alone. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, just taking, it doesn't take long. It's, it's 10 minutes to say, and then when you get on the call, you can say, Hey, you know, just, just one thing, whether we work together or not, but your headline on your about page, if you tweak it this way, you know, might make a difference for you. And just that, you know, it it builds that trust, that relationship right up front. And it, all it took was 10 minutes of you taking a look and it's, things that you do naturally and literally 10 minutes. I just did one of these right before we got on this call for a prospect call we had this afternoon Took about 10 or 15 minutes to throw it together on just an above the full Google search, you know, and I think that adds so much value to that call when you start talking to the prospect. 
Yeah. So right, great. Awesome. So that's just in the pre-work phase. Uh, in the admin phase, let me see what really jumps out here. Um, yeah, like sending the proposal. Really, like that alone is, um, uh, again, something we don't always – I'll admit, I, I was never a big major – like I don't have beautiful-looking proposals – uh, it really comes sort of down to the work order in the, in the agreement, right? I really rely on that work order. But this is where, again, you could take an extra step, have a template you use, maybe with some branding, and just make it look and feel nice. And then suddenly people are saying, all right, I- I'm working with a pro here. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be – I mean, ours are – a lot of our proposals are just sent in email form. like, And it, we we have a branded proposal too, but – it's how, how much of these 17 steps uh, we figured out nine of them are either automated or templates. Um, so, you know, you make a proposal template and a pricing structure is huge. If you have a, you don't have to share it with anybody or put it on your website, but I have a document in my Google drive. That's my price list. Mm-hmm. Then I can plug it in and plug it into the template and, you know, obviously adjust for each project, but it just saves so much time where I don't have to think about it and I don't have to agonize over creating a proposal or a copywriting agreement. Uh, you know, all those things are templates that you just take some tweaks depending on what the project is. Yeah. Fantastic. In the creative phase, uh, obviously we have the immersive customer and product research. And again, that's the sort of phase I was just joking about a minute ago, but really critical because it is an emotional exchange if it's done right. Uh, and again, like you talked about, Abby, in, in, the, in the last week's episode, uh, copywriters should have an insatiable curiosity and naturally interrogate you and start getting excited about your answers if it's a good match. And so it's a very emotional relationship. And you got to make sure not to just walk away. <laughs> And leave somebody wondering if you're still in love or not. Uh, and then the next step, map the copy structure and outline. Again, like have a process for how you go about writing it. That relieves a lot of your own personal anxiety uh, for structuring your process of the actual writing a little bit. And then there's that draft copy that, uh, you know, step 13. Mm-hmm. And then about, you know, how are you delivering it? to the client and helping them understand how this works. That when I deliver the copy to you, uh, we will have a conversation, we'll review it together, and then I expect to be making some edits based on your notes. Again, especially if somebody's hiring a copywriter for the first time, they're not always exactly sure, am I, you know, how much feedback am I supposed to be giving here? Uh, you know, uh, how much should I just be blindly trusting what you're giving me? Make it clear how, much collaboration should be taking place in this process. Yeah, absolutely. And we have, uh, you know, in the, in the post-work phase too, um, depending on the project, but a, a common thing that I have is like a 30 day edit period so that they have a lot of time to edit if it's a big project. And what I'll do is seven days before that is, uh, and that's all automated, uh, seven days before that's about to end, just say, Hey, I didn't get any feedback from you. You know, I really want to make this the best it can be. So in the next week or so, if you've got anything, you know, send it my way. And as of November 1st, you know, we'll, we'll be done. But, you know, I really want to make sure that we have a conversation this week so that you're happy when I, we sign off on this. So. Fantastic. Okay. We're about out of time, but I want to point out one in the post-work phase that I love. Uh, again, I bet it gets uh, overlooked so much. It's the last step. 
send outboarding questionnaire. How'd it go? You know, I mean, that just the act of doing that says so much about you as a freelancer and how much you care about the quality of work. Uh, It's a way for somebody to give you honest feedback and allow you to improve the process. If you see a pattern of someone saying, you know, it was great, but there was that weird time in the middle there where I just hadn't heard from you and I wasn't quite sure where, where we were at, that you can easily fix that. And then also a great way to get testimonials. Yeah, Chances are testimonials right into the process so that you're yeah. not asking people, Hey, remember that project we did six months ago? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. on that. just occurred to me to put testimonials on my site. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, Casey, Abby, this is great. And I can't wait to see how this evolves. Uh, I'm certainly going to be one of your first customers when this becomes something I could buy. But even as is right now, you guys have shared incredibly generously. Are you going to put this uh, this workflow, this infographic out there for folks? Yeah, it sh- it should be up by the time uh, by the time your your listeners are hearing this. So we're going to have it up on onlifeandwriting.com. All right, so onlifeandwriting.com and at least the original title of the uh, post was essential systems for creatives uh, written by Casey. And it uh, you'll, I'm sure this uh, infographic will be prominently displayed because it's in demand. So yeah, thanks a lot. Get the copy chief first look. <laughs> That's right. The, we scooped it again. So thanks a lot guys for being on with us. We'll be talking again soon and uh, take it away, Jonathan. All right. Thank you. Kevin, thank you, Abby and Casey, and thank you, Chiefs, for tuning in. We will be back in your earbuds next time. You've been listening to Copy Chief Radio. Thank you for tuning in. If you're digging what we are laying down for you, then your next step is to go over to iTunes, type in Copy Chief Radio into the search bar, and when you find a show, subscribe. We will be back in your earbuds next week. This is the podcastfactory.com.